Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. On the front page of your worship folder, it says, Welcome special guest, Reverend Sam Matura. This is my dad. He became sick on Thursday with a apparently strain of stomach virus that caused intense nausea and other symptoms. Couldn't eat. Did not eat on Friday. Very sick. Started feeling better on yesterday. Will not be preaching this morning anywhere. He didn't. He turned 84 yesterday. And I announced to you for a month that he was coming. This month has been my anniversary month, 29 years. I planned it months ago that I would have my dad, both dads, my white dad and my Indian dad. Valerie's dad is my white dad, and he preached the first Sunday. I close out the month with my dad, who, by the way, choir, is my hero. T.D. Jakes is the best preacher I know in the world. But my dad is my role model, my hero. So, Dad, I want you to know this is how I would have introduced you had you been here. There is no finer man in this world, man of God, that I want to be like than you, Dad. Well, you'll get this video and you'll see this DVD. I want you to know, as if you were standing here, that my life is forever changed. Not because of what you said to me alone, but how for 67 years you've pastored and 84 years you've lived. And Dad, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Happy birthday. We love you. So you got me. Go to Romans. Thank you, choir. You, I know you need to be seated in the moment. You've been standing for a while. Romans, please, as you stand for the word, you, I know they need to be seated, but if you can, if you're physically able, could you stand for the word? And I want to uh, speak to you today on we don't deserve and so we serve. This is lesson two on our mission statement of why we exist as a church. We don't deserve, and so we serve. It is a little more lengthy, the passage for this morning, than normally, but it is worthy of reading it in its entirety, because it's all about service. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But everyone say the word service. service. I continue. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, 
So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, what? Use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Verses 9 and following talks about behaving like a Christian. I need to hear this. Let us love without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. That's preaching. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, Patient in tribulation. Now, that's hard for us to do sometimes, isn't it? Continually, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Here's a hard one. Bless those who persecute you. and Bless and do not curse. Look at me. I don't care if you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Episcopal, or non-denominational. Don't cuss. Before we over, you're going to wish my dad came. Uh, I'll just stay at it. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Come in, know sometimes you don't have to say nothing. Just be there. Be of the same mind to one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Uh, it's, this part is not on the screen, but I'm going to read it. Verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Look at verse 18. It's not on the screen. I apologize for not telling them. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. <laughs> Look at me. If it is possible, as much as within you. Sometimes when I'm with my friend, or with I. Associates are with my family. Some of the hardest people to live with is some of my family. It's like mission impossible. I can hear the music when we go to the family. Got one big mouth cousin, and well, don't be telling this on the camera. Your boss, don't say amen if he's in church. Your supervisor. If it is possible, mission impossible, <laughs> live at peace with everybody. Stretch your hands this way. Ask God to help me. Would you, would you pray for me? Ten seconds, all I ask. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can I hear you pray for the Word of God? God, I thank you that you know the moment, the hour, and the time that we need to hear the Word of God. And so we stand before you here today wanting you to change us from glory unto glory, from faith unto faith. And though we didn't deserve your salvation, you gave it to us. And because you gave it to us, we decide we're going to serve you anyhow. So I praise you today for everyone here. Change us for the best of ourselves to come out and the best of you to get the glory. 
In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. We don't deserve, and so we serve. As you enter the sanctuary today, there in the foyer and the the large concourse-like walkway from building to buildings, as you leave, you have seen or will see numerous tables representing multiple ministries here at South Metro Ministries. You'll see a number of people like myself who deliberately are wearing a badge today that says, we want you on our team. All of this, this ministry fair is what we're calling it. It's on your bulletin. All of it was done deliberately for the express purpose of our mission statement and today's lesson. If you will, put the mission statement on the screen for me. If anybody wants to know why South Metro Ministries exists and have been here for 39 years, and I have been here for 29, I explained all that last week, why we're not here, but this is why we are here. South Metro Ministries exists to help people find love, growth, and purpose in Christ. On the count of three, read it out loud with me. One, two, three. South Metro Ministries exists to help people find love, growth, and purpose in Christ. That's it. And beginning next month and then the months following, you're going to see it on everything we print, everything on our internet, everything on our website. We are updating our internet. We are updating our website. We are going live streaming in about four weeks from now. You're going to get it on your phone. You're going to have it everywhere. You want the messages, the service, you can contact us. You can even give on your phone. Why are you quiet? You buy credit card stuff on your phone. Why can't you? Yeah, yeah. Don't act like I'm kind of... Yeah. My question in starting this lesson today is for both you and I. Since God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, how does he want us to respond to his great love? I told you last week that Paul says, I pray that you'll come to comprehend in Ephesians 3. How wide, how high, how deep. Oh, I wish somebody would say amen. You will not be able to comprehend the depth, the height, the width, even your human knowledge. No computer, no PhD, no, no anybody can explain to you how much God loves you and that he sent his only begotten son. Scarcely for a righteous person would someone die. Scarcely for a good person. Can I get an amen? I don't know anybody I die for except for my family. And I have to be sure that's one I like. But in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you're grateful, give a Lord a thank you. But what does he want us to do with salvation? He wants us to share it. He wants us to tell everybody about it. Where are you, Brother Willie Terrell? Brother Willie, stand up right there. Brother Willie, stand and remain standing. This is Elder Willie Terrell. Okay? Elder Willie Terrell gave me some stuff last week. And, and this is how he witnesses. He drives for the county and helps the elderly and those handicapped with transportation. Okay? And sometimes he'll drop this on the ground. 
Well, if it turns over just right, and it did, it looks like a $5 bill. <laughs> and when you see coins, you pick it up. This one is a five. You pick it up, and it ain't real. But on the back side says, what money can buy. Money will buy. Uh, uh, remain standing. Money will buy a bed, but not sleep. Books, but not brains. Food, but not appetite. Finery, but not beauty. A house, but not a home. Medicine, but not health. I feel a glory coming up. Luxury, culture, amusement, but not happiness. He says, a crucifix, but not a savior. A church pew, money will buy you, but not heaven. What money can't buy, Jesus can give freely without charge. And it goes on. Stay right there, Elder Willie Carroll. He gave me this card. Emergency phone numbers. When you are in sorrow, call up John 14. When you have sin, call up Psalm 51. When, when you worry, call up Matthew 6, 19. A whole card right here. Thank you, Elder, Elder Willie Carroll. Let everybody know who Jesus is. Stand up, my friend. You didn't know I was going to have you stand up here. But, but Brother Peter Tremento, come. Somebody turn on the light on Peter. Come here, Gabby. Uh, you the better looking half. I know you like my wife. You don't want to come. And I, because you women have particular have to have notice. But come right here. When I was going through my hell on earth last year about this time, depression, anxiety, and panic, he brought me a key like this. A key. And it's, it reminded me of the verse on the key, Matthew 16 and 19. That says... I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose. I have given away your key. And you give me another one and I give it away. Gabby has given me a book, Jesus Calling. And I read it every day, a devotional. Gabby has helped me more than Pete and he's getting the credit. Uh, uh, G- Gabby, I have bought dozens of those books and given them away. Because everybody ought to know there's a healer. He is in charge of the director of, he's the director of counseling of our recovery house. And she is also working alongside of him. That's what we do here. Thank you. We care for people and we, love, we give them keys and cards and pens and whatever else. Can I get an amen? We, so I, I, I guess I'm trying to tell you that we want you on our team. Because Paul tells us about this business of what really Christian worship is all about. Okay, a Sunday school teacher was teaching her children on the benefits of unselfishness. The benefits of unselfishness. She concluded by teaching the children by saying, the reason, children, that you are in this world is to help others. After a moment's silence, a little girl piped up and said, well then, what are the others here for? Think about it. It'll come to you. Put, put up Romans 12 and 1 for me on the screen. This is our text and your Bible's open to it. This is the New Living Translation. Okay, I read to you the New King James, but I like the New Living Translation. It doesn't harm the King James. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. Let them, meaning your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. The King James says, this is your reasonable service to him. Can I get a witness, somebody? Now, if you worship like worldly people do, You'll have a hard time understanding God's will for your life. 
So how does worldly people worship, or how does the worship become patterned like the world? The worldly way of worship often uses terms like clergy and laity. And the thinking kind of goes like this. There's a clergy. This is the pastor. We are called clergy, pastors, clerics. The clergy is the one who does all the ministry in the church. And then there's a laity. The laity would be you and other people who are in churches today. They're the ones who come to be ministered to. That's uh, the way the world thinks it. Uh, Have you ever heard these terms, clergy or laity? Have you? Yeah. Does anybody know how many times these words show up in the scripture? Never. Never. The idea of clergy and laity reflects worldly thinking, not Christian thinking. Why? Because when people use those terms, clergy and laity, it implies that the clergy do all the ministry. And that everybody else, the laity, doesn't. Romans chapter 12, the first 16 verses, tells us that's not how it works. If you really want to know how to worship God, then you, then you better get used to getting out of your seat. You cannot do real worship by sitting down. One preacher complained that in his congregation he served, he couldn't get any of the members to staff the nursery. You saw the video? And some of you parents who have kids that age for the last 12 years, you were hesitant to stand up when Pastor David asked you to stand up because you figured you're drafted. He's going to make you serve in the nursery. This pastor was having a struggle with getting people to staff the nurseries, the babies, the toddlers. It was an older congregation, but the pastor was trying to work in on bringing young couples, young people to the church and young couples. And, of course, these young couples had babies, and these babies needed a nursery. But none of the regular members wanted to give up their comfortable pew or chair to work in the nursery. At least one member told him, I've been a member of this church for 20 years and already put in my time. I don't want to work in the nursery. I don't want to, I just want to go and sit and worship. And what she was saying is, I want to be ministered to. I don't want to minister. Now, help me, Jesus. Y'all pardon my grammar, okay? But y'all in the South know what y'all mean. Y'all, let me get frank with you. My name is Alan, but I'm going to get frank with you. You think I built this massive building so I could do all the work? Y'all, let me just be frank with you. I nearly lost my mind over some of y'all. I didn't build this because I wanted to have a Taj Mahal known as the Matura House. I built this so we could love people, see them saved, grow them in the grace of God. And send them out to change the world. I, I don't mean to be mean now, so I ain't picking on you. I'm just challenging you. 
This ain't no Disney World. You done bought your ticket. Now I'm Mickey Mouse. No. I'm Frank Sinatra. Start spreading the news. We're leaving today. I got that on my iTunes now. Hey, listen, I'm 57. These hair, I had one left, and I was wrapping it around and around and around. You think I built this church because I wanted to spend $8.1 million and owe $5 million because I ain't got nothing else to do? I built this house because God said what the wonderful black preacher E.V. Hill said years ago. He's going to be with the Lord. E.V. Hill said, there ain't no sinner shortage. Go ahead and say amen. There ain't no sinner shortage. And so, I've come by to tell you that Paul in his word tells us that the world and some churchgoers think that worship is all about me, me, me. My name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. That ain't what we're about. In Romans 12 and 5, put it on the screen here, Paul says, and so, oh, that's Romans 12 and 6, isn't it? Did I, I didn't give you five. Yeah, there's five, yeah. And so we, uh, five, five. Yeah, see? Now, see, those are good people in that back room back there. It's me. I, got, I, I found out I had to preach, and I, got, I had stayed up late last night trying to get it all together, but I had it in my spirit. Now, if we had some more help back there, some volunteers in the media, then I got it right. But they're getting it right. I love you, media. Bless you, bless you, bless you. And so we being many are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. There are 1,419 members in this church. And we average about 1,200, sometimes 1,300 a Sunday in attendance. So we have gone over 1,400. I don't take in members just because you want your name on the roll. Every year we purge, clean up the road. If you ain't been here in three years, adios, hasta luego. <laughs> yeah, my denomination don't even allow that. My denomination says they got to ask for a letter and ask for their transfer. Don't send this to my bishop now, but forget that. I've been here 29 years. I know whether they're here or not. We ain't, we ain't interested in, in running a 2,000 on our roll and having 1,200 in our church. If, you, if you're not willing to serve Jesus, if all you hear is about Disney World and Six Flags and I'm Jimmy, so gimme. If you all hear about just getting ministered to and go home or go to Golden Corral and forget the sermon, then you are at the wrong church, honey. We are all what I prayed you in. Yeah, I, I, I fasted you in. I remember when I remember when Brother Doris Adams, stand up, Brother Doris Adams. He's one of the elders in the church. Remain standing right here. Brother Doris Adams loaded me up in his white pickup truck and had a U-Haul truck and moved me 29 years ago from Greenville, South Carolina to here in Georgia. Thank you, Brother Doris. Thank you for moving me. It'll take more than a pickup, buddy. I'm telling you this time. What Valerie bought in 29 years? 
It'll take better way. It'll take all them guys. But I ain't going nowhere because I ain't finished brushing up on you guys. We are all many for the 1,400 of us. And we are in one body. We are the church. And individually members one of another. What, would it, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that worship is not about you. And worship is not about me. And worship is not about the choir and the praise and the band and the decorations. It means that worship is about what you and I can do for each other because we all belong to one another. That's where you ought to give the Lord a hand cup of praise. I'm trying to tell you we want you on our team. Now, now let, let me say this to you. Pastor David said all you got to do is sign up for the nursery. Yeah, you do. You'll see a lot of tables. They have a lot of candy. Pick up the brochures. I'm telling you, we got 30 ministries out there. We got media resource, prayer ministry, media production team, voices of praise, hospitality, worship ministries, men's ministries, ladies' ministries, VBS missions, liquid ministries, and on. You have a map, all the tables. Go get the candy. Go get the materials. Go get one of those cards and take it home and bring it back Sunday and put it in the offering bag. And if you don't, we got cameras following you. We got chips implanted in your brains. I'm telling you, I'm not going to go to a third service and preach my liver out to empty chairs. I need to get me a crew who will come eat on a Saturday night. I decided I ain't going to do it on Sunday night. I'm preached twice on Sunday, and I'm, I ain't no good. Plus, I like football on Sunday night. And you call me unholy if you want to, but you come here and do all I'm doing during the week. I, got, I better stay up here. I think I, I'm a little bit dangerous. Now, some of these ministries, you can't just sign up. You're going to serve in our nursery. We're going to do a background check on you. Amen. Did y'all hear me? You're going to, have to, you're going to have a police background check. You ain't messing with our kids. Did y'all hear me? Y'all heard me, okay? You're going to be in our nursery? There are going to be cameras in every room. Yeah, because those are the kids of God and our children. Yeah. There's some ministries you don't have to be a member. Okay? You can be in the... But we do have the prerequisite that you need to be saved. Yeah, you got to be saved. Ah, man, I like the way Randy plays that guitar. Woo! I don't know where Randy is, but man, I, I wish I could... I wish I could take that guitar and... You know the only kind of rock and roll I like is the kind Jesus talks about. My foot is on the rock and my name is on the road. But now listen, listen. Other people, they like some of that music in Christian style. That's fine with me. You know, we'll play Christian style. And then some of you like what we sang today and I love, I grew up on Blessed Assurance. We'll mix it up. Don't get mad because you don't get your song. I told you this ain't Disney World. I think I'll go to another church. He's bald. Well, go ahead. I've got an extra chair. I told one guy, this thing, he's been with me 22 years. I don't know if Jim is in this service. Where is Jim? Jim, Jim Lanier and Sandy. Jim, stand up. Yeah, Jim, has, he has been through two strokes in the last month. Remain standing, Jim. Jim right there. I've known him for 22 years. Been an elder in this church and served God 
and he really shouldn't be here today. Be seated, my brother. You know, I went to see him at the hospital, and we had communion with him, about four or five of us. And I told Jim, depression had gotten a hold of him. Anxiety and panic. I know that. I've been there. And I, I said, Jim, man, if them doctors come in here and take a light and put it through this ear, and they'll have the hand on the other side, they'll see clean through your head. You ain't got nothing in your brain, boy. Just, just having fun with Jim because we, we've earned each other's trust. Jim could ask me some of the hardest Bible questions anybody could ask. It's like he'd take, it's like he'd take Sunday through the following Saturday to find up ways he could trip me up. I avoided Jim like the stomach virus, but his wife is so sandy is Miss Teen USA. How she put up with him is only heaven. But there's a man that has served in every ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry, men's ministry. He has built props for this church. He has served as an elder. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we, we didn't get this size because I'm such a great preacher. Don't say amen now. <laughs> we didn't get this size because I got all the gifts and talents. We got this size because somebody said, you know what, I can volunteer once a month. You know what, I can, I can help direct traffic. You know what, I, I do believe I can sing a little bit in the choir. You know what, I do believe I can help stand behind a camera. And, and, and I, if I don't know how to do it, I'll learn how to. Somebody help me here. You know what, we got about four ladies who come every week and they put the tithe envelopes and all this in the, in, in the chairs. Did you know that they just don't magically, like Mary Poppins, I just clap my hands and they just show up? All of that wasn't planned. I wish my dad was here. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you. Ministry is this. Write it down. Saved people serve people. Did, did you hear what I said? Moses was 120 years old and he never retired. Now, it doesn't mean if you're retired, you're wrong. One day, I'm going to be off the scene. One day, I'll never stop preaching. But one day, somebody will take my place. And I hope it's in the year 2079. <laughs> Don't believe we're going to be here. I believe we're... If I had another sermon to preach this morning, I'd preach on how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Amen. You see what's going on with Russia and Ukraine? Yeah. That ain't just happening, okay? You see what's going on with natural disasters all over America? That ain't just happening. If I wasn't going to preach on this, I'd tell you, see what's going on with the missing airplane? One day they're going to come a hundred airplanes, a thousand missing. Because the rapture is going to take place. And if those pilots are saved, look out for the rest of the people who ain't saved in them planes. Oh, I don't want to just, don't stop flying. Pilots, I love you and I'll be flying very soon. Okay? My point is, we are so close to the coming of the Lord. And the devil knows it, and he's turned up the heat. And the church knows it, and we've decided, some churches, not this one, have decided to sit on our hands and wait for Jesus to come. Uh, <laughs> let, 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 let me tell you something. Look at verses 6 through 8 of Romans 12. I've got to hurry because I want you to go out there and see everything. Okay? Paul says in our text, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them... So if you have the gift of prophecy, you prophesy in proportion to your faith. But now look, don't just stand up here and open your mouth and start prophesying if you ain't got the gift. Because I'm going to help you sit down. 
Don't hear start speaking in tongues and, and, and four or five or twenty of you speaking if you ain't got the gift. In love, in love and in gentleness, I will say let's move on. But if you keep up and you ain't got the gifts, I'm going to get some, uh, yes, I'll pray for you. Uh, if you minister, let, let's, let's use it in ministry if you're called to minister. He who teaches, let him use his gift in teaching. Give me the next verse, if you will. He who exhorts in exhortation. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. You really do. Some of you have just a way of picking up, lifting up people. I want to be like you. Okay? He who gives. Some of you have the, the gift of generosity. You are not a millionaire. You're not even a thousand year. But you give. You give to everything. And I pray God multiplies it. And, and, and then some... Well, okay. He who leads, let him lead with diligence. He who shows mercy with mercy and cheerfulness. Just, just keep it right there. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. You know? Look. You got the lights over here? If folks are not greeted well in the parking lot and in the foyer, and you treat them bad, they won't ever get in here to hear the word. I... Uh, I was trading a car recently, and uh, I've been with this dealership for quite some time, and I'm not going to say the name. Purchased my last two vehicles from there, and I found a better deal at another dealership. It was my money, honey. And the uh, salesman called me up. On a Sunday afternoon, he says, what did you decide about the car? I said, well, I decided to go another route because I was getting more money for my trade. And he said to me, uh, frankly, Mr. Matura, I'm a little annoyed. And so I got a chance to exercise some spiritual gifts. <laughs> I did. I pulled my hand back because I was on the phone. And this is my house, and he's a dealership. I said, oh, and I call. I said, don't get annoyed. I said, I'm not closing my doors of future relationship with your dealership. But I found me a better deal. And all the time, I want to say more. But I knew my time would come. Because all the time I'm thinking, and how come you got a job? Because I'm buying a car. And... Uh, who is qualifying for the car? And who's paying the monthly payment? And I said, you know, we, I said, ask me anything about the car I'm buying from the other dealership except the price. And he asked me. And I said to him on the phone, I said, sir, I'm a pastor for 29 years. And I want to be a man of integrity and character. And I'll answer all your questions except don't ask me the price. He asked me the other dealership. I told him what? And I know this dealership runs surveys. If you go to get your oil change, they'll send you an online survey. If whatever. So I just waited about a week and the survey came. And it said, would you recommend us a dealership to others? And I put that little clicker on the word no. <laughs> I was in Orlando when that survey came. And I expected them to, call, to respond back in a few minutes. Well, a day went by, Marlon, and they didn't respond back. I saw the survey popped up again. And I used my phone, 
And I said, no, I would not. And then this time I explained the salesman's name, and I said, uh, it is your front-line person, your salesman, who used some words that uh, was inappropriate. So I, the general manager calls me. Here's my chance. <laughs> I said, sir, the word he used annoyed could have been better used and say, uh, Mr. Matura, well, I'm really uh, disappointed that we couldn't satisfy you. What can we do to get your business? Right. I told him that. I said, General Manager, I said, uh, I said, sir, who's buying this car anyhow? And who's making the monthly payment? And I said, sir, in the last seven years, I've been with your dealership, and I drive 45 miles one way to have my car serviced when there's another dealership 20 minutes away. And I quoted him the number, of, amount of money I spent in the last seven years at his dealership. I was ready. <laughs> and I said, sir, I'm the pastor of over 1,419 members. And a few of them annoy me. <laughs> would you like me to have them stand? Brother Smith, would you? Uh, <laughs> I said, but I know I annoy a few of them also. But I don't go up to Patty and say, Patty, you annoy me. I don't go up to Eddie and say, Eddie, you annoy me. Now, to Sammy, I will. Because <laughs> he annoys Vienna. <laughs> and I said, I said, sir, don't rebuke him publicly. I told him that. Pull him aside and tell him this is, this is what's going on. And I also said to the general manager, I will not stand before my church and call your dealership name and say, don't go there. But if you'd like to see me personally at the church. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> come praise team, come singers, put it on the next thing on the screen. Let me, let me tell you this. If we don't have people out, ushers and greeters and hospitality and nursery, and love on them, red or yellow, black or white, whatever in their sight, they want to get a chance to come in here and get the word of God. Look at this. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Paul says, in honor, giving preference to one another. Distributing to the needs of the saints. That's why we have Joseph's storehouse, furniture, food, clothes. But Wayne and Joyce can't do it alone. That's why we have recovery house, but Pete and Gabby can't do it alone. That's why we, the men of a better way, they're volunteering their time all the time. Here they are, and they had a graduation class, but they can't do it all the time. That's why we have Pastor Jeff and Pastor David and Pastor Trey, and we have the nursery team, and we have the ushers team, and we have, we, we have the camera people, because we need to distribute the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Next verse. Be of the same mind one to one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Can I get an amen? amen. Now look. I, the only reason why I want to go to a third service is because I want to reach the unchurched. And I'm not ready yet. I've got to launch it. I've got to plan it. I've got to have ushers, greeters, musicians, sound. I've got to have nursery. I've got to have parking people. 
And I'm going to tell you, as we move on the next month or two, how that, you can be engaged in that. A lot, several of you have, have sent me material. Do it. Do it. Send it to me. But when you, you know what I say to my staff? This is, how I, this is how I say to my staff. If you've got a problem in your department, come tell me. But when you come, bring a solution with you. In other words, you know what I do, church? I spend my time from emergencies to emergencies. That's what I do as your senior pastor. There's three things I do as your pastor. Three things. I pray. And I can do a better job. I pray every day, every morning. And I'm not going to tell you how much I pray and all that because I don't want you to model me. I don't want you to think he is some kind of prayer. No, I, I'm really faulty in some areas of prayer. But I love people. Okay? I love people. I cannot be... A, this man, stand up if you will, Pastor Darrell, is a pastor of care. And I tell him, he handles every hospital visit, every, every nursing home visit. But I tell him sometimes, I got this one. Okay? He even goes to the jail. He's called me two or three times and said, I'm in jail. And they think I'm a prisoner. I say, good. Keep, let him keep you there. He gets one free call. And it depends on how his wife Lorraine feels whether or not we bail him. That's Pastor Darrell. You do know that's his gift? That's his gift. But he has suffered some disability and nobody, I didn't ask permission. Regarding his heart, he, can't, he doesn't work a full-time job because he has heart issues. And he always tells me, put it on me, put it on me, put it on me. I'll go, I'll go. Well, we need about 50 pastor barrels. Can I get an amen to the church? Some of you are, some of you are receptionists. Some of you are professional people, uh, plumbers also, electricians and uh, mechanics. Hey, let's, let's help some single moms fix up their cars. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, let's help some widows uh, uh, put, put, fix the leak in their roof. Can I get an amen? Uh, let, let's, help some, let's help some people like Brother Willie. Uh, let's not just Brother Willie, but let's get some other people to the doctors and to the nursing homes. And uh, Can I get an amen? This is good preaching for an Indian man. I want you on our team. I, I, I got to hurry here. Mm, you see, worship is not about me getting all I can. Let me tell you this. Oh, help me. I'm going to close with this illustration. Somebody's thinking, wait a minute. I, I thought we were here every Sunday morning for worship. Kind of, sort of. Let me explain. It's worship in much the same way a football camp and a midweek football practice helps the team produce wins for the weekend game. Let, 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 me, let me see if you can relate. When the Atlanta Falcons have their preseason football camp in the summer, do they play football at the camp? I, I, I'm not setting you up. Do they play football at the camp? Of course they do. But the real game and games take place some weeks later. The football camp for the Atlanta Falcons is a midweek practice to prepare for the real game. If all the Falcons did was to show up for practice and they never played any games, nobody would go see them. And uh, I'll leave it at that. We need to pray for them, okay? A billion dollar stadium. And okay, keep practicing Falcons. Meanwhile, go 
Green Bay. Okay. Uh, what Paul is telling us here is, when you come to church, this is practice for what you do from Monday to Saturday. You, you know why we do all this preaching and singing and communion and praying on Sunday morning? It's pre-game practice. The real theology of worship is serving others. Look, 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 look put it on the screen. One more time, Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, my brethren. Now, now, look at that fourth word. What's the fourth word in that, in that scripture? What's the fourth word? Therefore. Say it again. Therefore. One Bible scholar says, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore? Whenever you see a therefore in the Bible verse, it indicates that everything that has been written before it is the basis for everything that you're going to read after it. Well, Paul has spent the previous 11 chapters of Romans, 11 chapters before the 12th, explaining the mercy of God. He spent 11 chapters telling the Christians at Rome that they don't deserve God's love, but God loves them anyhow. Can I, can I get an amen here? Let me tell you. The prodigal son didn't deserve to even come back to his father's house after he wasted his father's money and he went and ended up in a hog pen and he ruined the family's name. Read about it in Luke 15. He asked for his inheritance early and he went out and spent it on wine, women, and song. And after all the money went, all his friends went. That's what the world will do. He ended up competing with hogs for something to eat. And he came to his senses and he thought, how many of my father's servants, just his servants, eating more than me? He said, I think I will arise and go to my father's house and tell him, I'm not worthy to even be called your son. Make me one of your servants. I don't deserve, therefore I will serve. Ain't nobody here, and especially Alan Matura, deserves the mercy of God. Come on here, somebody. None of us deserve it. I don't care your genealogy. I don't care your history. I don't care your money. I don't care your education. We don't deserve God's grace. But since we got it, let's serve somebody. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on. So, check it out. I'm going to say a prayer over you in a moment. I'm going to let you go. It's, it's 1029. I told him I'd let you go at 1030. I want you to go up and down the hall. I want you to grab a brochure. I want you to get some candy. I want you to see about missions. I want you to find out. And, and you don't have to commit today. But I'm saying to you, help us tell everybody who Jesus is. Next Sunday, take about 10 or 20 free tickets and tell them it's free. It's taking place at Easter on Saturday night, which is the night before Easter, Sunday morning, and Sunday morning. Tell them it's all free. Okay? Hell, you be our evangelist. Bow your heads with me. Father, I give myself away. God, this is a wonderful church. I do not know of another church, and I'm sincere in my prayer. I do not want to pastor another church. I don't care how large it is or how much more they pay. You have called me to South Metro Ministries, and I'm committed here. And these people are people I love, and they love me back, and we love each other. I don't see division in this church. I don't see racism. I don't see uh, me high and you low in this church. I don't see it, God. And if I see it, I want to help fix it. Can I get an amen? amen. But what I see is sometimes hurting people who need somebody to encourage them. 
sometimes sick people who need somebody to go, make a phone call or send a card, or uh, somebody who uh, who just got a hospital needs somebody to cook a meal or bring back a bring a bring a bowl of vegetables. Can I get an amen, somebody? I see single moms who need some help. I see some teenagers who need some counseling. Come on, church, Lord. I, I see some elderly who might need some care. I, I, I see some hungry people who need to be fed, and some people who don't have a coat. Come on, some and need a coat. I see somebody who needs transportation. I see I see people love God and going to heaven. And how can we who have been blessed come and shut up our arms of compassion? We're not going to do it, Lord. We're going to serve. Before you leave, sing this with me. Go ahead. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Sing it. I give myself away. Come on. I give myself away. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.